0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 540 of So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast that's all about writing and publishing. My name's Valerie Koo, I'm CEO of the Australian Writers' Centre, the world's leading centre for writing courses, and I'm your host. This is a bonus episode where I'm bringing you our My Big Break segment, where a relatively new author outlines how they got their big break, because... I know that for many aspiring writers, it can be very helpful to hear how published authors or especially recently published authors got their big break. This is a short, succinct segment, and it does appear from time to time. And this time I'm talking to Joanna Jenkins. Her story is certainly one of persistence. And as you'll hear, Joanna was not afraid to draft and redraft and rewrite her manuscript. But before we hear from Joanna, here's a quick message. Whether your goal is to write a bestseller or simply tell better stories, learn at home with your very own tutor, giving you personal feedback each week. Find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash creative writing. All right, let's get stuck straight into my chat with Joanna and we'll be back to our regular format in the next episode. Joanna Jenkins did degrees in English literature and law in the late 80s, but then practised as a solicitor in big law firms, including for many years as a partner of an international law firm. She now writes full-time and lives in Brisbane. How to Kill a Client is her first novel, and I'm talking to her about her big break. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joanna. Well, Thanks for having me, Valerie. It's a great pleasure. And in fact, this
1: is my first interview about the book, so it's oh
0: wow. Great. Um, Congratulations on How to Kill a Client. Uh, One of the things we're going to be talking to you about in this segment is your big break, because the segment is called My Big Break. But before Mm -hmm. we get onto your big break, tell us what your novel, How to Kill a Client, is about.
1: Uh, Well, it's set in uh, one of those big corporate law firms uh, and uh, their biggest client, biggest client of the law firm, has died suddenly at 39. He was fit and healthy. It's a bit of a mystery how he died, but it seems apparent that it might not have been by natural causes. And the person who's in the gun is the person who uh, is the recipient of most of his disdain because it turns out he's not a very nice person. In fact, he's a complete prick. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay so your background is actually in a corporate law firm are you mm-hmm. uh you're a partner at a major law firm in I was yeah yeah in brisbane yes uh, so have you drawn on your experience <laughs> are you have you were you inspired by some of your own clients and colleagues well
1: what I actually wanted to do was to uh, write a book about the culture in law firms, but it needed a plot to kind of make it interesting. Um, so I devised this, uh, plot. Really, uh, that you know, the, the purpose of the book is a, a delivery system, if you like, for describing culture in corporate, in corporate Australia. Um, I, I, someone told me the other day that a person wrote a book called How to Kill Your Husband and then was imprisoned because, in fact, she had. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. But I could safely say I that none of my
0: clients have died. <laughs> and why did you want to write a book about the culture in corporate law firms? Um,
1: I, I've, watched it, I've watched it as we all have a lot of... Um, uh, you know, television shows. I grew up with LA Law, which you may or may not remember.
0: Yes, and ladies. they
1: portray life in law firms um, in a sort of glamorous uh, way, which, while great for TV, doesn't actually quite ring true. And there's also a sort of element of like there, there's the um, there's the luxury of it. But there's also a brutality to it, uh, with the with the sort of competition even within a law firm where people are supposed to be swimming together. Uh, it it the comp- the competition can be all consuming, and people can be quite brutal to one another. Um, but there's also, of course, camaraderie. So I just wanted to give a an i a portrayal of how that how that works and what the what happens in partners' meetings and how ha- how decisions are made about staff and
0: mm,
1: mm. And, you know, um, and when I say decisions about staff, I mean decisions that really affect people's futures and and the way the way it relates to money and greed.
0: And so you you said you were a partner in uh, a major law firm. When did you decide that you wanted to write fiction?
1: When I was about. Five.
0: Oh, right, okay. So you got waylaid. I got waylaid for a while. So what enab- What triggered you to rekindle that interest?
1: I'd always had it in the back of my mind uh, that, that that's what I would get to eventually. But the waylaying, you know, you sort of go off on a path and then become consumed in that. Uh, and then, in fact, what happened I, was I had a quite a bad accident that put me out of action. I was still working but I was sort of out of action for about a year and then I thought if I don't do it now, I never will. So Right,
0: so that's when you started writing. writing this. Did you already have this in mind?
1: I did, yeah. So I'd been, yeah, it, it was in my mind. But I, I I couldn't do that job and write. Some people do and I take my hat off to them. I don't, I, I don't know how they can, you know, they say they do their day job during the day and then come home and write at night. I just, I, I couldn't do that um, just because so it took up you, all the brain space.
0: So while you were convalescing, you write your manuscript. Tell us then about your big break. How did it end up being published by Alan and Unwin? Persistence, I guess. <laughs> Maybe a bit more detail than that? (laughs) Well, so
1: I'd been, I'd sent it out to agents uh, and been rejected 11 gazillion times, or sometimes even worse than actual rejection is the complete absence of a response. Um, So, and when I say 11 gazillion times, it's probably about, I don't know, perhaps 30. Um, So, about 30
0: rejections, but how many did you send it to?
1: Uh, Well, if you include rejections of the non response, 30. Okay, okay. I I did get a, I did actually get um, early on in the piece, uh, one agent rang me and said, um, you know, I went down to meet her to have a conversation about it. She said, you need to change the book and rejig it. I did that. It took about four months. Sent it to her and she said, yeah, nah. So, oh, so she, you, you so you rejigged so it? I did get a. I did get a bite. Um, but uh, then after I'd spent four months rewriting the book, um she said, actually no. But I, what I, was her feedback?
0: Didn't. Why what did you rejig?
1: Um initially uh, initially the book was um, a portrayal inside a young partner's head, as she goes about killing a client, it's, it's not that anymore. And this particular agent said that she found she found herself cheering on the young because this fellow is so awful, cheering on this young partner, um, uh, um, and, and and thinking that she'd succeeded in a good way for killing the client, and she thought that that was immoral. <laughs> um so she want me be to make it a more moral story
0: so uh, I okay all right so that would have been um a little bit annoying frustrating that you spent all that time uh, and then you got that rejection Frustrating, yeah yes yeah. and so what happened then so i i
1: put it aside for a while i actually thought the book was better for the you know i always i've, I've done many drafts of this book probably i would say maybe 70 um and wow. each time i thought it was a better book uh i actually think that you need to not only have a well-written book but also hit the vibe that's happening around at the time at at the time that i was submitting this book the me too movement was um gaining traction and this isn't a book about sexual assault at work uh and that was the that was kind of in the news all the time mine was a more subtle book about the misogyny um in the workplace and so it wasn't until I saw Christine Holgate in front of the Senate inquiry you know in that white suit where mm-hmm. she was so brave and the way she'd been treated was just appalling
0: what Scott um, Morrison did was beyond disgusting yes yes his treatment of her was beyond disgusting whether he thought it was valid or not, there's different ways to go about it.
1: Yeah, well the the, the he sacked her in Parliament when he had no power to do so. Ridiculous. And and then she was so she was so brave. And I, I I thought that's what the book's about. The book's about the way women are treated mm. in the workspace with contempt. You know, he he called her Christine in circumstances where she really deserved to be called Ms. Holgate. Yeah, and where he would call men by their by their surname and a title, um, so I just so so I thought that's what the book's about. I have some friends who are journalists who taught me how to write a pitch a pitch email, mm. uh, which was actually invaluable. And I had in mind Gabby Nail. I really wanted her as my agent, so I thought I'm just going to try one more time. So I. Rejigged the pitch email. I probably spent about a week on it. Rejigged the manuscript a bit, which is just, was just a bit of a tweak just to put a little bit more, um, anger and outrage in it. Uh, and to make, you know, to make a few things clearer about how, where the characters stood. Uh, and then I sent it off and bingo. She, she, um, asked to read the whole manuscript and then she. So-
0: so on. you sent it to uh, uh, Gabby, uh, Gabby the, the agent. agent sorry. sorry, yes, yes. Um And was Gabby have it? How long did it take for Gabby to come back to you? Uh Not
1: very long, a couple of weeks,
0: perhaps. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Might have. Yep. Been. And then it might have. It wasn't
1: very long. And then I signed up with Gabby, and then uh and then she put it out to auction, and Jane Paul at Allen and Unwin took it up. Fantastic. A perfect home for it, I think.
0: And do you remember the day you got the news?
1: I do. Well, I, I particularly remember the day Gabby rang me because uh, my husband had just got a new job and had just been, um, you know, been kind of anointed with this new job. So it was quite a big day in our family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you describe the moment that you found out? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, well, yes, she she rang me. Uh, she... She, I'd just come back from a sort of ceremony for my husband, and she and she rang me, um, and said she'd like to take me on, and I it was, was delighted. I think it's fair; it's probably an understatement.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations on how to kill a client. Um, I. I actually love reading about women, uh, uh, novels set in the corporate space. Um, and I don't think there are enough of them, to be honest. I know that a lot of my friends want to read them as well, and they lap up um, those sorts of stories. So good on you for getting it out there. And oh, thanks, con- Valerie. <laughs> congratulations on Thank you. your big break. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Joanna. As I mentioned, I'll be back with our regular format in the next episode. In the meantime, feel free to connect with me on social media. I'm at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. But of course, do check out our Facebook community for all of our listeners. Just search for So You Want To Be A Writer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. Love to have you in there. It's free to join so many fantastic, aspiring and emerging and established writers from all walks of life. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And I look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentercomau slash podcast. Or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writercentre.com.au slash news, where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions, and much more.